I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, with full of pride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Prideful Takes Podcast. As always, it's your boy Pride. It's Wednesday, it's Wednesday, so you know who's gonna be here. It's that boy Chris. How you feeling, my guy? Feeling good, man. How about yourself? I'm I, I've been good. I've been good. You know what I mean? I decided to be gone for a week, and you know, everyone and their mom decided to pop off. And speaking of popping off, Scotty Pippen decided to do something. He feels disrespected to quote the man, and now he's going back to the Old thing he used to do about bashing Mike, even though Mike is the GOAT, except when LeBron is. But then when he's mad at LeBron, it's Mike. But, you know, Scotty went on this whole thing of how he always felt disrespected. He felt more, he, you know, he's just as good as a player as Michael Jordan. So, Chris, does he have a point or is he just an old man, like, just crying at this point? I think he's more of an old man crying. I think there's some validity to what he's saying in that. Michael Jordan has had a tendency over the years to not necessarily give his teammates enough of the credit that they deserve. Uh, his teammates being Scotty, Horace Grant when he was there, the Steve Kerrs. You know, I mean, he played with some solid players, but at the end of the day, they wouldn't be who they were without Mike. And Mike would have found a way to win without some of those guys. I think Phil Jackson deserves a lot of credit as well, but. I think at this point, Scottie Pippen is just he's kind of jealous. Um, I think he feels that his uh, spotlight would be different if it wasn't for the circumstance. And I don't think I think he's looking for credit that he may not fully deserve. I think he deserves more than what's being given to him uh, by Mike, um, even though let's be honest, I think Michael Jordan has said himself on occasions there would be no Michael Jordan without Scottie Pippen. Michael right. Jordan. Michael Jordan over the past has given this guy credit, but um, I think I think what really ticked off Scottie Pippen was the last dance and how um, he was portrayed. Um, but then again, I mean, Scottie was selfish for not having that surgery in the offseason, waiting till the start of the season in the in the year of the last dance. Um, he was selfish for. Um, making all these kinds of demands about a contract when he was already in one. I mean, it's restructuring a contract you already have is it's it's not entirely realistic. We see it happen in modern day sports, but it didn't really happen back then. Yes, he deserved more money. But then again, you signed the contract. You know, what I mean, he signed that contract because he wanted the longevity of that deal and he wanted the financial security and the price you pay with that is you're not going to get as much money over the long term if your career pans out and his career panned out. So he didn't get as much money. So to answer the main question, like I said before, I think Scottie Pippen is just a little bit jealous. And I think, like you said, he's kind of just an old man crying at this point, to be frankly honest. Yeah. my The thing is, is in order to understand his whole gripe, we also need to understand who Scottie Pippen is, right? Like this is a guy who, Look, I, and I feel like I'm one of the few people who feel this. I feel like even without Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen would be still be a top 50 player all time. Like I don't think I don't think Michael Jordan made Scottie. 
I don't think so. And I don't think right. And I don't think you can say Scottie Pippen made Mike. I think it was a it was a mutual kind of thing where it was like, you know, Scotty can do X, Y, and Z and Mike does A, B, and C. So it kind of was like a, a, a beautiful partnership, you know, like it, it worked out. You know, the thing is, is the problem that Scotty Pippen has, he loses credibility because this is a guy who will one day tear down Mike, call him selfish, all this stuff. And then the next day will praise Mike and act as if he never said anything. So at this point, for me, it's kind of like you need to pick a side and say, look, man, I love Mike. You know, he's the dude. But, you know, he, he had a, a, a reputation of at times being selfish. You know, if he went across it like that, I don't think he's getting all this blowback that he's that, you know, that he's kind of he's currently getting because you're co- you're coming about it the right way. This is a dude who, whenever he's mad at MJ, goes, oh, yeah, LeBron's the GOAT. And then when they go and play golf and they, they smooth it over, then he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, MJ, you know, 6-0. and So it's like, it's this weird thing. I, what I I just really, at long story short, I think it comes down to, like you said, the last dance. It did make Scotty look – the thing was it made Scotty look worse, and it was trying to make Mike look better. And I think that's what kind of rubbed them off the wrong way. Because he, if in his mind, he's like, look, if we just kept it a buck and just, you know, to, you know, if we just let it all go, and, you know, because I had my moments, but so did Mike. And they try to minimize Mike's, you know, moments, which I think is kind of why Scotty was, is upset and why he feels disrespected. But at the same time, you, you, you still were that player. Like you said, the guy was selfish. This is the same dude who, after Mike left, you know, granted, he was doing, he was handling business, and he, he was carrying this Bulls team. But then all of a sudden, wanted out. You know what I mean? Like those those two years when Mike was gone, he wanted out, and there was a bunch of different things that came that came to it. You know, but at the same time, people are gonna look at that and call that a knock, especially considering when MJ came back, you shut up about the contract, you shut up about wanting out. All of a sudden, you were like, okay, cool, yeah. So it's like if you look at how you've been, you've done these things to make people kind of put Mike in a different stratosphere because if if he had, if Mike had came back and he still wanted out, that's a different thing. But the fact that all of a sudden on that second three, all the talks of him leaving and whatnot kind of went out the window, I think that kind of makes him look a little a little bad in a way because you can't sit here – and be like, oh yeah, you know, let let let's go bash Mike. Oh, by the way, at the same time, you know, him and I, we, we cool, so he's a good player. But oh no, he's mad at me. You know, he he he, you know, we was just bored and shooting free throws, and he said he's a better free throw shooter than me. Yeah, you know what? You know, he he's selfish and all that stuff. And you know, and I've said this before: when you're a great player, you're gonna be selfish. When you're a great player, you're you're gonna have those moments of selfishness. You know, you're gonna have those moments because what like. But if you look at selfishness, that comes from pride. And if you're a great player, you're going to have that. You're going to have that pride. You're going to have that ego because that's just kind of something all great players need. So I, 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 do, I do get Pippen's point. But at the same time, for me, he begins to lose a little bit of credibility because he keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like at some point, either A, you're going to have to pick a side, Chris. Or B, you're just gonna have to be quiet because you you can't keep flip flopping and expect people to like take anything you say about the man credible. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right in that 
Scotty Pippen's credibility is in question because of the way he flip-flops from opinion to opinion. But what I think is um, having him do that is whenever his emotions kind of dictate his opinions. And at the end of the day, when he feels that his pride is being challenged in some kind of way or it's he's being disrespected in any kind of sort, he completely flips his opinion about Michael Jordan and about the whole situation back then to be whatever he wants it to be at in that moment. So like, and I think that goes back to the point of at this point, he's just kind of an old man crying. You know what I mean? I think, Mm -hmm. I think, I also think you're right in that Scottie Pippen would still be like debatably a fringe top 50 player of all time. Even if it wasn't for, even if MJ wasn't there, I think Mm. there's no, there's no denying it. Scottie Pippen was an amazing defender. He could handle the basketball. He could create his own shot. And he he had a lot of talents. He was a, he was a very solid facilitator for that position. Yep. He was he was an amazing player. But the one thing that I think Scotty needs to keep in mind when he when uh, Michael Jordan is in his mouth is that he's got six rings on his hands, and he might not have any rings if it wasn't for him being able to play with Michael Jordan. And, and you can make that argument. That's you. You can't. I mean, I I don't think so. I tend to disagree with it. But if you saying that doesn't mean you're crazy, because in an alternate universe, it is perhaps that if let's say he had gotten drafted somewhere else, let's say he had went to Portland or if the Lakers, it's a possibility that he doesn't really get those rings. You know what I mean? Or if in another world, instead of MJ, they basically put all their eggs in his basket. It's a possibility. He only ends up with one, maybe two if he's lucky. And now we're looking at it, you know, completely different. But before I let you go, Chris, um, Michael Brooks, he made a comment. He said, um, Scotty just wants his respect. And my the only issue I have with that is yes, he wants his respect, but he what the, the problem I have is it's easy, it's okay for me to want my respect as long as I'm not trying to take respect from somebody else. Like if that's, if that's the biggest point. That's that's really all I have the problem with. Like if if, if Scotty was like, Hey, look, look, man, you know, MJ left. Remember, I still kept the Bulls relevant. We still were doing our thing. You know what I mean? If he's if he went along that way, I wouldn't have an issue. But my whole thing is you can't sit there and be like, oh yeah, you know, let we gotta he just wants his respect because I understand he wants it, Chris. But if you're gonna disrespect a guy that pe- that a lot of people believe made you and gave you your chips, you're already fighting at a disadvantage. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that statement. I think I think Scotty's bugging at this point to be just completely frank with you. I mean, he's like I said before, there are some points to what he's saying. He does deserve mm-hmm. some respect, but I think he's I think he's pissed about the truth. You know what I mean? Like there's watching the last dance, I've seen it a couple times at this point, and watching it it's not like the documentary is taking shots at scotty that weren't deserved i think he's angry i think he's angry about two things um one of one one of them he's just in thinking about but the one he is not just in thinking about is the way it painted him i mean everything that went against scotty in that documentary was just because it was there were things that actually happened you know what and, I mean? and, and they put context in there too. So they it's put not context like- to it and they got everyone's point of view. It's mm-hmm. it's just and it's true. The one thing I think that he's somewhat 
I don't I don't want to say he's right, but he has the right to feel this way about the documentary mm-hmm. is that the documentary was way more focused on Michael Jordan than it was of the whole team. But you can't be mad about it, though, because at the end of the day, it's it's what you signed up for. I don't like of course, I wasn't in the process of making the documentary, but I highly doubt every producer and everyone and their mother was saying, oh, this is just about the team. This is just about that team last dance. I mean, right. they've, they've been putting this documentary together for years. You know what I mean? So, and it the point of it was to capsulate that team, but mainly to capsulate Michael Jordan's historic career. And it, was, it, it includes and it includes bits about everyone he played with and how he got to that point. A lo- there was a lot in there about Scotty. It's not like the dude was unspoken of, and whenever right. he was spoken of, it was disrespect. That was not the case. So I think I think this dude just needs to just move on. I think he needs to give credit when credit is due, but also to acknowledge it's not like everyone's shitting on him. You know what I mean? That, that, yep, and and that is the part he does. He got to take into consideration. Um, Michael Brooks said. Uh, plus I think seventy five uh, seventy percent of it is just to sell his books. But looking at MJ, uh, he got his own shoe with millions, while Pippen has nothing to show for it, and it was a big part of the dynasty. He was, but okay. the thing with that is, it's. When you're a transcendent talent like MJ was, that stuff comes naturally. Like, go look at LeBron and Kevin Durant. Like, that stuff, when you're a transcendent talent, when wherever you go, you are that guy. Like, all that extra stuff, the shoe deals and all that stuff. I just, I personally feel like it kind of comes naturally. And you say he's got nothing to show for it, but... The reason I personally believe he has nothing to show for it is because he's doing this weird thing where every single time somebody gives, you know, like you said, Chris, he does this thing where, like, he doesn't want to give credit where credit is due. And I, I don't know why he's, he doesn't do that. It's okay. I feel like a lot of things would change if he says, you know what, me and Mike, and if he kept this this opinion, he kept this stance. Me and Mike, we were a great duo. You know what I mean? Um, we played great. We, you know, we had great success. You know, six rings. It, you know, like if if he came out with that, I'm okay with it. But again, you also got to understand when when Michael Jordan has his own shoe, and he basically has his great di- like you know in terms of his business, like when he has that stuff, and you're now making a living bashing him. You're not really going to be able to do much in your career. That's kind of like the equivalent of a current day player. Like after, you know, MJ and Pippen are gone and LeBron or Kevin Durant kind of ends up, you know, being like, you know, the guy who kind of has all the shoes and, um, and, you know, owns the team. I think it's going to be more LeBron because LeBron already says he, he wants to own a piece of Cleveland, but maybe even KD. That's the equivalent of having a guy like Russ constantly tight or even Kyrie constantly constantly just bashing him over and over and then flip-flopping you're gonna look at him like like look man it's to the point people are calling are calling um scotty pippen a senile old man when it gets to a point where people are calling you that and people actually believe it that's gonna hurt your image and when your image gets tarnished not a lot of businesses are gonna want to work with you chris so i feel like when it comes to the business aspect scotty's kind of just shoot himself in the foot 
And by the oh. way, before before anything about the books, he was doing this flip floppy stuff before. So oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think just a few things, and then we can move on to the next topic. But mm-hmm. I think that you're absolutely right. I was going to say that exact analogy. Scotty's shooting himself in the foot because he's making it so hard for people to respect his career because of the way he acts towards people he played with and the way mm-hmm. that he reflects on his time in the league. I think that I think Scotty's completely messing up his own image himself. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. no one has to do anything but just look at what this guy's doing at this point in time. It makes he makes it very hard for people to respect him and speak about him in a higher in a hierarchy. But let's be honest. Scottie Pippen does have things to show for that. He's got six rings, still a millionaire. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And was he not just in the top 75 players of all time? Yeah. Of yeah. course he was. Well, it's not like Scottie Pippen is still one of the best to ever do it. You know what I mean? And that's 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 been a thing. It's not like people were disputing that and saying – Oh, there might be a couple people here and there, but people who really know basketball know that Scottie Pippen is still one of the best to ever do it. He was one of the one of the best glue guys in all of the NBA and could have been a number one option on a championship contending team for a lot of teams in the NBA. Yep. No question about that. But I do think there is some marketing to why he's doing this. I do think Michael Brooks uh, brought up a good point in that. I do think a lot of this is because of his book that's coming out. He's trying mm-hmm. to he's trying to gain as much attention and just be as trending as possible so he can get people to want to read his book. Which you can't you can't be too mad at because at the end of the day he's trying to get a bag. But right. if, if you're trying to tarnish your teammates and people you considered brothers at one point, if you're trying to tarnish their reputations in the process, it's it's kind of an L. But Her, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's it on the Scotty thing, man. I don't yeah. even want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> I feel I you, but I, I, I will say this: the thing with Scotty is he's he's upset because it feels like if you're not a star, you don't get respect. But even though there's some guys out there who really weren't stars, like the Robert Horry's and the James Worthy's of the world, who kind of filled the role and people really respect them. So I feel like if Sp- if Scotty can just look and say, you know what, they get the they get the respect, as long as I walk a certain line and just don't be crazy. I'll get that same respect. And, and he, for the most part, he does. When you talk about his game, he gets that respect. He it's gets just more respect than those guys. He gets way combined. more respect than Robert Horry. Oh, yeah, combined. Game. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying that, like, because he feels like he gets disrespected. And my thing is, bro, if they respect them, they're going to have to respect you because you're way better. And yeah. as long as, you know, if he just doesn't go crazy, we'll be fine. But from the past to the future, we got a bunch of youngsters all up in here trying to take over the league. LeBron is starting to get old. KD said, bro, I want to retire early. All this stuff. Russ, Russ is kind of on the decline. I don't care what anybody says he is. What, who can be the next young player under 24 to grab the mantle and be the face of the league? Luka Doncic. Hmm. That's a good there's, one. To me, there's no question about this. He's already being in discussions for top five players in the NBA right now. And what is he, 22? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like 22 years old. When's the last time there's been a 22 year old that's been in discussion for top five players in the NBA? I'll tell you, it was LeBron James. Yeah, I was about to say, that's been the last person. Yep, and it's warranted too. I mean, the dude is he's a walking triple double, 
Mm-hmm. He is. He has what so many people want: the clutch gene. Did you see yep. his step back against Boston? My Celtics. It made on, me depressed on Saturday. Depressed. I saw it. Oh my goodness! I mean, this guy has closed out. I saw a stat came out that he already has more game winning, or he already has the same amount of game winning buckets for the Mavericks that Dirk Nowitzki had in his entire career. Let that sink in. And this kid you is know how crazy. That is Dirk Nowitzki is the first out Hall of Famer NBA champion. No this debate. No scrub. I mean, Luka Doncic is doing some special things in the NBA right now, and he's only getting better. He hasn't mm-hmm. even his prime yet think about that and the craziest part about him is none of none of what he does is based off of athleticism none nope. of it he, none. he's a shorter version of um, Nikola Jokic that's how I look at him he's not blowing like, he's not blowing by anybody you know what I mean he's not shifting people and making people fall to the ground based off of how quick he is he's mm-hmm. not he's not the fastest guy he's not even probably average speed he might not even be at he's probably average strength but yep. He is still a specimen in this league. I mean, this dude is crazy. And watch, by the time this dude is 25, the work ethic. I mean, having Jason Kidd there is going to help tremendously, I think, in that this dude is going to be hitting the weight room like how he should have been since day one. J.J. Mm-hmm. said it in the J.J. Reddick podcast saying that I think Luka Doncic spent his whole summer after his rookie year on a boat playing Fortnite. Yep. You know, and he came back the next year and almost surprised the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs. Something that team, something the Mavericks had no business doing. None at all. I think I think there are other names to mention, but mm-hmm. none really come close to Luka Doncic. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad at you about Luka Doncic. I, I'm, I'm going to sound crazy for saying this, and maybe I'm just being biased. I think Jason Tatum will be. And the re- I, I like Jason Tatum because he's got the clay. He's got a lot of the stuff Luca has, plus athleticism. You know what I mean? Like, like it, he's not as clutch as Luka Doncic, but he's still clutch. Like he's still to me, he's definitely still clutch. You know what I mean? Like, but I I, I do like uh, Jason Tatum a lot. Um, I think I mean again going Luka Doncic, I'm not mad about that whatsoever. Because again, like like we said. This kid, this kid still isn't even in his prime. And he's doing all these fantastic yeah. things, neither not even one. in his prime. That's the scariest thing. Neither of those two players are in their primes yet. Exactly. That's the thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. But um, I'm going to give you – so I've just put, I, I've, I've, I've compiled a cute little list here, right? I'm going to name the rest because I had – I got Jason Tatum at one and Luka Doncic at two. It was real close. And I'll be honest, I probably had Jason Tatum up top. Just because I'm a Celtics fan, I, I there probably was bias, so I ain't even gonna hold you. I only but want to say here's it. my three to ten, and you let me know if the guys I have here are if am I bugging, am I missing someone? Because I was just doing this just to see in my head. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but at number three, I got John Moran. Mm. I'm saying I'm talking about this John Moran. I can't see you're bugging. Well, this John Morant is the John Morant we're probably going to be seeing for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, I think there's definitely potential. I mean, and something we got to look at, too. I mean, even when LeBron James was the face of the league, I mean, he still really is the face of the league. There were still other guys that were, like, not, like, I don't want to say not too far behind him, but 
LeBron wasn't the only face of the league. And I think that's going to be, excuse me, I think that's going to be the case for the NBA soon to come. So John Morant is definitely warranted to be in that discussion. No question about it. So number four, Trey Young. Yes and no. I mean, he's always he's he's going to be an all star level player, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he doesn't play defense. And this new this new NBA we're seeing this season is really getting to him. Okay, it really is. Right. But he he yeah. has he has the talent and the skills, so I can I can give that to you. I wouldn't put him that okay. high, but so you would put him you put him okay. Number five, and this one, th- this one I know it's a reach, but I'm willing to gamble on this kid. I'm bracing myself. Shy Gilius Alexander. Oh, I love that. I, oh, I, 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 and I know it's maybe it might be a reach, nope. but this is what that's one of those. You don't think it's a reach? Okay, good. I thought I was gonna be bugging. I feel like having him at I, I almost put him above Trey Young. Almost. I was this close. I would put him above Trey Young only because of what the future holds for this kid. When mm-hmm. you look at his growth from his rookie season until now, mm-hmm. it's insane. And mm-hmm. he is the easy number one option on the Thunder. And when you listen, when you don't play with great players, it's so hard to be efficient. It is so hard to be efficient. And this guy is as efficient as they come. I think he shot 40% from three last year. And I'm guessing a good amount of those were on pull up threes and threes that he had to create for himself. Mm -hmm. This dude can shoot the ball, he can drive, he can play defense on one through three, some fours. I mean, when this dude bulks up more, he's going to be able to guard fours. He is he is the real deal. I love mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I just want to make sure you're, you're missing someone though who should be up high on that list. You think so? Oh, absolutely. well, I, I think I know. But I'm gonna, is, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, yeah. So number six, number six, and I have him, um, Devin Booker. I have him at six. The only reason I have him at six, only reason, is because for me. Not only is he a little closer to the age thing, but when I look at Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, uh, Trey Young, I mean, maybe that's just recency bias because, you know, he had a solid run in the playoffs and they shouldn't, they sh- they had no business making it as deep as they did. And I, I give them major props. Um, but I have him at six. For me, three, or um, when it comes to Shy Gillis Alexander, Trey Young, and Devin Booker, I feel like they're all really close. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I have him at six. I'd put Devin Booker higher, but I, I can't Devin Booker, yeah, I, I'm not mad at that. And then so so he's at six. Number seven, Zion. That's the guy. And I mean, the only reason I have him at seven is because of the injuries he's going through now, which potentially could end up making his career shorter. Or if he has a long career, it's going to have to be kind of like uh, Vince Carter where – you know, you got out your to have that career because of the injuries, you're gonna have to take a, a more reserved role. You know what I mean? Like that's really it. If it wasn't for the injuries, I would have him third. I'm not even gonna hold you. If it if but it, that's the only concern I have with him. I'd honestly I'd probably have him third regardless. You got third regardless? I'd have him at third regardless because Zion is something the league hasn't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. When's the when's the last time you've seen a volume shooter shoot towards seventy percent from the field? 
as a as a guy who is 21 years old, I don't think that's ever been done before. Think about that. I mean, shooting that high, I think the only players who have shot that high are centers. Like tradition, the traditional centers that, you know, kind of and shoot in the paint. And Zion kind of gets a little bit from everywhere, which but listen, they're traditional centers. It, the people who do that are the DeAndre Jordans of the world, the Mitchell yes. Robinsons of the world. Yes. They don't put up 20 shots a game. No. Not even close. No. Zion Williamson puts up close to 20 shots a game. And this dude is different, man. And he still has so much he can improve on. That's what scares me. He came into the league putting up 25 and 8 with a few assists, like a block or two and a steal. I mean, this guy is shooting a huge, like a very high percentage from the field. If he can get a three-point shot, if he can stay healthy, health is going to be the biggest thing for him. Mm -hmm. Keeping his weight in check. Also situation. I think he needs to get out of New Orleans because David Griffin, that that franchise is turning into a dumpster fire. I mean, when they let Lonzo go, they let their future go in some ways. Yeah, I, I didn't like that because I thought Lonzo being there, that was that would have been the perfect tandem to pair him up with Zion. And everyone agreed with that. Everyone kind of thought that, but I don't know what the heck they were thinking on letting him walk in honestly. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, so, so I, I'd have Lonzo, I'd have Zion higher, but I can understand you having him that low because of the yeah. It's only because the injury. Like I said, if he wasn't having the injury issues, I'm with you. I'd have him at three. So number eight. This one might be a little, a little, just a slight little wild, but DeAndre Eaton. You're bugging. You don't like that one? I do not like that one. You don't one like that bit. one? I do and not I, like that one one bit. Nah. De, DeAndre Eaton is a he's a great basketball player, but mm. I mean this this dude already has questions about his defense, and not just from a not knowing how to switch. He can't really guard anyone that's not a four or a five. He even has mm-hmm. trouble guarding quicker fours. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very solid rebounder. He can score in the paint, but he is mm-hmm. he's a traditional center. And I don't yeah. think he's gonna be anything eye-popping. He's not gonna be anything that gives you face of the NBA kind of mm-hmm. vibes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, my the reason I put DeAndre Eaton there is because I believe, because I, I have to show some consistency, because I've said numerous times before, I believe DeAndre Ayton will become a top three center in the NBA. You said that. Oh. I heard you say that before, and I told you you were bugging. I'll I'll say you're bugging until it be, until it happens. Yeah, I'm which again, again, if, again, if if again, this is just kind of like the, the top ten dudes I think who have the potential. He is one of the we is one of the weaker ones, and then number nine, you're gonna hate me for this one because I've gotten a lot of flack for this one, De'Aaron Fox. That's the guy I who love, I for you to say. Yeah, I love De'Aaron Fox, but the problem for me is the situation. Kind of how we said about Zion needs to get out of the um, New Orleans. De, um, De'Aaron Fox has to get out of Sacramento. Because I feel like I'd as great as he is, nobody really would care. I'd say yes and no to that. I think Sacramento mm-hmm. has a great – they have a very underrated young core. In oh, yes. De'Aaron they, Fox, they, Tyrese Halbert, and Davion Mitchell. I think – I look at them how we looked at the Timberwolves like four or five years back when they had all those young kids and they were like, yo, the Timberwolves are on their way. That's how I look at them now. But the concern is the front office because, I mean, 
when it comes to the, the for office, I don't trust the Kings front office at all. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone really does because of the right. way they handled a lot of different situations. But I don't know. I think regardless of where whether De'Aaron Fox stays in Sacramento or not, this dude has more potential to be the face of the league than a lot of guys in the NBA right now. This dude is probably he's he could very well be the most explosive, fastest player in the NBA. His jump shots getting better by the year. Mm-hmm. He's great with the ball. He doesn't turn it over a lot. He can yep. score. He can score in volume. He can. He's a three-level scorer. He's a great facilitator, and his athleticism allows him to be the potential to be an all-defensive team type of defender. And that's you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah. So you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah. And then the last guy I have, um, Brandon Ingram. The reason I have yeah. Brandon. I said I don't mind that. I I just mind that you put those two guys behind DeAndre Ayton. I can I cannot wrap my mind around that. But this is, just, this is just me assuming that DeAndre again, this really comes down to the fact I have very high expectations of DeAndre Ayton to the point where like I believe he's can bring the traditional old school center back that can be successful. Like Oh, there's Again, no question that it can be successful, but it's just how successful can it be? I mean, I think you, it can be successful enough where people or teams are going to try to go back in time and kind of remold it and be like, yo, we probably should have that guy on the squad. I mean, Again, you, maybe it's just me reaching. It's a possibility, but I, I got high expectations for this kid. I really do. I think you're reaching because I asked myself one question. When I think of mm-hmm. face of the NBA kind of player, I think mm-hmm. – can this guy be a number one option, clear-cut number one option on a playoff two championship contending team? And pretty much everyone that's on that list, I think, can, with the exception of DeAndre, DeAndre. Aiden. I don't think DeAndre Aiden has not shown that he can create his own shot in almost any capacity. The only mm-hmm. way he can is in the post. You know what I mean? He's got some, he's got a few moves in his bag, but they're nothing crazy. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have a jump shot. He's not a great defender. He's not a great passer. You know what I mean? He's a very he's an above average rebounder. And when I think about it, it's like, how much better is he than a Mitchell Robinson? I personally, I think way better. I don't think so. Because you I, think I about it. Mitchell Robinson, I, Mitchell Robinson is a really good defender. DeAndre he's good. Right, but that's not. But let's not make it seem like DeAndre is a scrub defensively. He, he was in the beginning of his career. He was a liability but, for the. First but we're not. But, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about him now, and he's gotten he's gotten way better to the point that like he's close only, to average. <laughs> he's he's close. I, I put to him average. slightly above average. I, I put him. I think you're reaching on that. You think so? I don't know. I, I I think he's slightly above average. Um, guarding fives and fours. You know, I mean, yeah, if, but if you have a three, he's screwed. I'm not gonna hold you there. You know, well, modern I mean? day, a modern day center needs to be able to switch in the pick and roll and hold his own. And not he, really though, because Joel and B can't. Yeah, Joel and B can't. But but Joel and B can't. Car Anthony Towns can't. Joke, um, Nikola Jokic can't. The only real ones that can yeah. do that are the undersized guys like the Draymonds of the world and the Bam Adebayo's of the world. You want to know something about Joel and B? Carl Anthony Towns and Nikola Jokic, though. I know what you're gonna say, but I'm just making that point defensively. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not in their conversation. 
Not right now. Not right now. Cat Cat is a tier under Cat is a tier under Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Uh, yeah, he's the third best center in the league right now. And DeAndre Aiden is a tier below Cat. And I, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Like right now, he is a tier. And listen, I'm not gonna make an argument that right now he's like you know a top three center or like that. I'm not going that far. I just think as his career goes on, he will be. And then I got Brandon Ingram tenth because I do feel like, especially the way he's been scoring lately. This guy's gonna be the new Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant leaves. He's always been compared because, like, you know, they're both lanky. They love to score, and I really feel like when Kevin Durant leaves, the um, Brandon Ingram's kind of gotta fill that role. That you know, because again, Kevin. Not to say that he's gonna be the next Kevin Durant in terms of being the greatest scorer of all time. What I'm saying is that dude who's just gonna go out there and you know can drop 25 to 30, no problem whatsoever. That dude who everyone's gonna look at and say, bro. He's a legit bona fide scorer. I think he can fill that role. You know oh, what I mean? Like, a, there's so. no question about that. I bottom line, I like your list. I don't hate it. I'm I'm all right with it. But I do think you're missing some names. Like and who? If I were making this list, mm-hmm. I'd put Jalen Green on that list. I want to see what he does his I rookie put, year. Like I'm but talking about, because it's, it's all about potential and trajectory, and I think Jalen Green. You know what? You got me I, there. He has what it's because we're not. We're this is this list isn't a um top like ten player. It, it isn't a top right. ten players under twenty four list. It's who we think can be the face of the NBA. Right, right, right. I think about Jalen Green. I'm looking down even the guys in college right now. I'm looking at Amani Bates. I'm Yo, looking, his first college game. This kid did not Chet. look nervous at all. I'm Ooh. looking at Chet Holmgren. Mm. This dude, oh my God, this dude can play. This dude, Chet, is okay. fearless. I think Jalen Green is one of those guys. I think Scotty Barnes is one of those guys. Ooh. I think, <laughs> oh, right. This dude can Ooh. play. This nah, dude he, can play. He legit. Nah, this he legit. I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I did, I, I, I did. I, I won't even lie. I did kind of ignore the rookies, so that's kind of on me. Cause Green, he, Green definitely is a kid so far that he's, like, you know, he's explosive, he's energetic. I like how he played. Another guy that I low key wanted to put on this, cause again, I, I didn't want to be biased, so I kind of didn't. Davion Mitchell, I think you brought him up because this. I love Davion Mitchell. I don't, think, I don't think this man can be the face of the NBA. But Ooh. man, will this dude? If he finds his way to a contending team, he he, oh will, be, he will be one of the main reasons that a team wins a championship. Let me tell you. I can't remember what show I was on, but I I said that I genuinely believe wholeheartedly, Davion Mitchell is going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. I this really year? do. But I think so. Again, hold on, but it, it was a it was a show where you actually had to do a hot take. So that's kind of why I said that. <laughs> that's but, not as hot as it gets. But, but, but I believe it. Rookie, hold up, a rookie. I, I know it's crazy. Star. Yes. Winning defense. But, 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 this is, but this is a rookie. Hold on. But it's a rookie guard who can guard one through three. He gives you versatility, and I've seen him against fours, which he's not the best. But he can sometimes handle those if they play small ball. I put him in the same thing of, of Shy Gillies Alexander, where if he bulks up a little bit, he'll have a better chance to score. Oh, but I do like him a lot. Yeah, he do. Like he do so. Yeah, um, um, yeah, Mitchell's, Mitchell's going to have to focus a lot. Two. 
Yeah, he's six two. Uh, yeah, six two, six three, something like that. But I don't know. I I, I like him. I, I said it, and the more the more I look in, I, I watch him play. The more comfortable I feel saying that, because and again, I know that the odds are against him, because you know, not only is he a guard, but on top of that, you know, he's, he is a rookie. But on a I, team where he's, like he's not the star the point guard, so. Well, I'll say I, I think that's super hot. I think that's a super hot take that he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year as a guard and a rookie. I think that's close to as hot as it gets. I think Evan Mobley's got a better chance of doing it. But yeah, Evan Mobley's look great on defense. Oh no, yeah. Oh no, don't get this dude can guard. I mean, he can guard some point guards. I'll give you that. I, I, I'm not going to argue. But I still got David Mitchell. That's fair. Um. But I'll say I think Davian Mitchell can win rookie uh, – not rookie of the year. I think he can win defensive player of the year soon, like within yeah. the next five years. He has the potential to do that. Do I think he has the chance to make an, an all-defensive team this year? Yeah, I wouldn't put it out of discussion, but I even, I even think that's kind of bold. Wow. You know what? We'll revisit this when, uh, when my guy wins defensive player of the year. I'm going to buy a jersey. I'm gonna buy a jersey, but then I'm—it's the Sacramento jersey, so I don't know how I'm gonna feel about that because he's probably gonna get traded because that's how they be doing people. But, yeah. but nah, I mean, look—the the the future's bright for these dudes, bro. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I know, like, uh, if you asked a couple years ago, people would have been like, "We really don't know who's gonna be able to take over after LeBron and Kevin Durant, you know, and all these guys kind of, you know, go away. We don't really know really what's gonna happen." And now it's kind of like an entire plethora of youngsters who not only when we mentioned Luca is already nipping at their heel, but then when they go away, they're still like, you know, six, seven, eight deep that can kind of take over that mantle. So, yeah. you know, the, the NBA, clearly it's, it's going to be in good hands. The NFL has been crazy this year. All right. I just want to let you know last week broke a lot of hearts and lost people a lot of money. Ooh, wait a second. Oh. I think it's a the topic. Nah. So nah. it was be like Mike, and then it was the youngsters, and now we're going to the NFL. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all, man. Nah, you good, you good. It's all good. <laughs> but I got five quarterbacks listed right here. I want to play a game with you. Okay. I want you to let me know if they're going to stay on the team they're with or if they're going to be elsewhere. And if they go elsewhere, I want you perhaps, if you have an idea, indulge me. Where do you think they're going to be? First and foremost, granddaddy pimp himself, Ben Roethlisberger. Very few people are going to get that joke, by the way. And I feel like the few people who get it are probably going to try to cancel it. So, Chris, it's been an honor. But um, Ben Roethlisberger, he's number one. Is he staying or is he going? He's out of here. And I don't think he's going to be on an NFL team next year. I think he's done. 100%. I I don't think he's going to – I don't think – I don't think his ego is going to allow him to be a backup mm. as it is for a lot of, I mean, Christ, the dude's 39. The dude's 39. I mean, they barely beat the bears. The The Steelers, he he's turning into a liability back there. He's still a smart quarterback, but he can't, he can't throw the deep ball. He can barely move in the pocket. I mean, when the dude moves side to side, when pressure's coming, it looks like he's going to just fall over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, oh man, he's, He's tough to watch because if that team had a serviceable quarterback and a better O line, they would they would be a Super Bowl contender, no question. 
So I think Ben Roethlisberger is done. He's going to be out of the league after this year because he still can be a backup, but I don't think he's going to want to be. So this is I'm I'm kind of torn between this, but this is this is the answer I ended up going. He will be in the league and he will still be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I genuinely believe that after this year, he's going to retire and Mike Tomlin's going to reach out a hand and say, hey, look, I got a job here for you, whether it be a quarterback's coach or, you know, like a oh, special. Okay. Right. Now you cheating, though. Now you cheating. That's cheating. So if that's cheating, if that's Come cheating, on, then, then, then I'm with you. He's out of here. I didn't know if that was cheating. So that's why I had, I had a backup. I had a backup answer just in case that was cheating. So no, if that is he gonna be out of here, hundred percent. Like you said, the dude, he he just doesn't really have it anymore. And not only that, if you really watch him, his game sense is almost gone. Like a couple years back, Ben Roethlisberger would be able to feel the pressure most times and be able to move. That's almost non-existent to the point where like you almost think like it, wherever his back is, bro. Like you know, because he, he's a righty, so you almost have to like double team the left side because he just doesn't have that. That sixth sense that you know he used to have. So, hundred percent. I mean, look, he could be a he could be a backup because he's smart and he can go to a team with a young quarterback and you know try to you know build something up. But like you said, is his ego really gonna do it? Because he should. Frankly, this year he should have been a backup. He doesn't. He didn't want to be. Henceforth, why he's the starter. So, you know. Honestly, I, I mean, maybe if a team panics, like a Miami, because remember, Jay Cutler was out for a year, and Miami hit him up and was like, hey, yo, how you feeling? Like, it's different, though. Jay Cutler was a lot younger. I think the only way that Big that Big Ben stays in the league is if he stays with the Steelers, and he stays for one more year on a very light salary, and it's the sole purpose of it is to transition to a young quarterback, because I think they're going to be looking for a quarterback in the draft or they're going to be looking to trade for a young quarterback, whether it's a, like a, a Sam Darnold or, a, you know, a Tua, just, a, a Tua, or, just somebody who might be on the block, somebody who might be, you know, I mean, a team might be looking to move on from that then that can come in and just, you know, I mean, be at least the, the immediate future for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way he stays in the league, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's gone. Yeah, and you already predicted the next two guys. You said Sam Darnold and Tua Tungavailoa. So let's start with Sam Darnold. He just got to the Panthers, mm-hmm. started off pretty hot. Now he's back down to earth. He's injured. He's going to be out four to six weeks. So now they're going to be looking, you know, for a quarterback, you know, every other, you know, all the other options. Sam Darnold, they, he, this guy, he was my Lord and Savior. Like this guy, I was like when Tom left, I feel stupid for saying it, but when Tom left, I was like, "Would you go get Sam Donald?" That's that's how down bad I was for a whole minute. Like, and I'm glad I didn't say it out loud too much, because then right now I would look equally like even worse. You know what I mean? But yeah. Sam Donald with the Panthers staying or going? I think he's staying. I mean, they invested they invested a good amount into him. They gave up like a second a second round pick, and I I want to say like a sixth. And draft picks in the NFL are tremendously valuable. I mean, the Panthers basically gave up what it would have taken to get Julio. So that's not that's not a small that's not a small package to give up. I still think Sam Darnold has potential. I think that number one, people need to understand he's with a new team. He needs to get acclimated. 
He developed bad habits when he was in New York. He's never really been given a true chance to be able to blossom into the quarterback that we thought he would be coming out of USC. Yep. So I think he needs more of a chance, but the most important thing, this dude has never played with even an average offensive line in his mm. entire career. I mean, the offensive line when he was with the Jets was god awful. The offensive line he's playing with right now in Carolina is not good. I mean, there are teams who have insane amounts of trouble getting to the quarterback that are getting to the quarterback with ease when it's Sam Darnold behind the center just because of the fact that their O-line is so bad. But I think I think Sam Darnold is still good. And let's keep in mind, it's not like the Panthers need to panic and are in all of a sudden win-now mode. I mean, the, the, this is still a really young team with some young pieces. I mean, you got – Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey is still a younger, like young-ish guy. You got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who are both young-ish guys. You got mm-hmm. Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, JC Horn. Because yeah, that's the thing. Their defense is good and very young. Their so defense is good and very young. And Hassan yeah, Reddick has been overperforming. I mean, they got they got some guys and they got a future. They just need to make the right picks. And the biggest thing is build up that offensive line. You cannot win in the NFL if you if you're not playing good in the trenches. You can't. Yep. You just can't yep. do it. 100%. And then uh, for the for that uh, the Jets trade, they got a sixth round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick. And uh, yeah, I think the second round or the fourth round picks for twenty twenty three. Uh, twenty two. Mm. Yeah. So it was all. Um, three, are all three of those picks in twenty twenty two? Uh no, so one of them was um for is in this year's draft. This year's and draft is twenty twenty two. It is because it says in return the Jets will receive a six uh six round pick this year and second and fourth rounders in twenty twenty two. So I don't know what that. Well, regardless, oh. they they got the. Go ahead. All right, the Sam Darnold trade happened before the before the NFL draft, so I think that six yeah. round pick was used in this past. Oh yeah, 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 yes, 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 yeah. Okay, That's yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so so they already used it, and then they got two more coming up next year. My thing is, I feel like I, I think he's gonna stay, right? And the reason I feel like he's gonna stay is because right now, if you trade him, if you're a, if you're the Panthers, you become a, a quarterback purgatory. Like you have who you have, and. I still believe in Sam Darnold. I'm not going to lie. My confidence is waning a little bit, but I still believe in him. I just think, and again, I think we'll be able to figure out whether or not they should move on from him next year. Because usually your second year in the system, you're more acclimated. You're more likely to have better success in the second year than you are the first. So um, unless you're Tom Brady, you can just, you know, show up at Tampa, just win a Super Bowl for no reason whatsoever. But I, 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 I'm going to give oh, – I'm sick yeah, of I, dick riding this man, bro. I, nah, bro, look, man, he, he's, he's – I'm, I'm not going to start it, but next next Wednesday, I know a topic going to have next Wednesday just I'm for you. Fucking um, <laughs> I don't cuss on this show a lot, but I am fucking <laughs> sick of it, bro. Yes, sir. I love it, man. I'm about to oh, – wait till next Wednesday. But Sam Darnold, I think they should give him an opportunity. Let's see what he does next year. Um, let's see how he does his second year. And then we go from there and we see what happens. Um, but I will say this, going into next year, he is going to be on 
I don't want to say thin ice, but he, the, the the waves will be shaking. He's gonna he's be on a shorter. He's gonna be on a shorter leash. Yes, yeah, like you know yeah. what I mean. Like they're gonna start because again, a lot of the bad habits he has, they still haven't broken. And I feel like after a year, some of those will be broken, and next year we're gonna see a different Sam Donald. So, you know, he, here's to hoping Sam Donald can figure it out because I got faith in him. I really yeah. do. I like him a lot. one more one more thing before the next quarterback. I mean, right. when you look at Sam Donald this year. He looked great until Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Mm-hmm. When Christian McCaffrey got hurt, things got a little more complicated. He wasn't able to make up for that um, loss that he had with Christian McCaffrey. So when I look at the team with a bad O-line and someone you can't dump it off to as well, I mean, Chuba Hubbard has been great this year for what he is. And I think there's um, he's nothing to like look away from I mean Chuba Hubbard's a he's a solid running back but he's no he's no Christian McCaffrey you know what I mean? people you don't have you don't have a linebacker shadowing Chuba Hubbard all game but you got a linebacker shadowing Christian McCaffrey all game mm-hmm. so when I look at when I look at Sam Darnold I think if the pieces are, are there he can be good you know mm-hmm. what I mean? he can be he can't he has the potential to be an above average quarterback right it's just, he needs the people around him to be able to do it starting with the o-line but Right. And then the second name that you mentioned, Tua Tungavailoa, is he staying or is he going? I think he's staying. It, I Well, I think he's staying because I think it all depends on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he should stay. I think all the hate that Tua has been getting is not warranted. I do not, think, I do not think he deserves to be shit on left and right because at the end of the day, He's still a second-year quarterback. He wasn't able to play his rookie year a whole lot. And even when he was playing his rookie year, he was coming off of a major surgery. So when you look at how he's played this year, people wanted to look down on how he played against the Falcons. He did not play that bad against the Falcons. He had a very costly pick against the Falcons that completely changed the momentum of the game. But he still threw for four touchdowns, and I think he threw 300 yards. The Dolphins... Mm-hmm. have a lot of problems that aren't at quarterback. And I think if they unload Tua and multiple draft picks to get a guy like Deshaun Watson, it'd be a huge mistake. Because Deshaun Watson is not going to elevate them to um, AFC East favorites by any means. By nope. any means. Even if you put Deshaun Watson on that Dolphins team, I still don't think they're better than the Patriots, and I definitely don't think they're still better um, than the Bills. No, if, if, if even if you it put Deshaun change, Watson, it wouldn't change enough. So it's not a trade worth happening. Right. If I, if I know that, I'm guessing someone in that organization knows that, and that's mm-hmm. why I think he's going to stay put. Right. And um, I I do agree with you because I think they're still going to be because at the end of the day, even if you trade, let's say let's say they get better than the Patriots, right? Because I I believe it'll be it'll be neck and neck. Let's yeah. say they do get better than the Patriots, they're still not going to be better than the Bills, and at, at best they're going to get a wild card, what to get bounced out. So. For me, it's like if you're going to trade for him, I mean, I, obviously the bigger problem is defensively because defensively, you know, we've had high expectations about them, especially after last year. And now all of a sudden they just they're, – they're kind of in the same boat as Washington. They were like, you know, we're going to be a defensive team, offense, don't mess it up. And now it's the opposite where, like, the offense is, you know, kind of doing their thing, especially the quarterbacks, and the defense is kind of letting them down. And But my thing is even though – 
I personally, if, if I'm if I'm the Dolphins, I don't trade for Deshaun Watson at I all. Either. I don't. And that the, the reason being is we're not really in a win-now mode. We're more of a let's get everyone young, matured up, so that way when they're in their primes, then we can go. Because it's still a relatively young team. And the way I'm looking at it, if you go get Deshaun, it's now you're kind of doing the thing is we have to win now. What do you do when you don't win now? And then Deshaun Watson all of a sudden – with all the losing, he wants out again, or he starts, you know, he starts going on the decline when everyone else hit their peak. It, it, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of like this weird thing where it's like, you know, as soon as we're hitting the stride, our crucial piece is like all of a sudden not really there. So, I, but I think at the end of the day, I think they're gonna do it, and I think it comes down to one thing: the fact that for some unknown reason, there's this weird mythical narrative. That Tua Tungabailoa is a bad quarterback. I don't it's think so, the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins think that though. I really don't. I think that the narrative is. I think there's pressure on him to be good because they know there's a possibility of them being able to get Deshaun Watson. I don't. Mm-hmm. Think, and I think that narrative is coming from the fans. I don't think it's coming from within that organization because people. I, I'm, I'm open not. People believe in Tua, but the bottom line is you need to build a foundation. For a veteran, now, I don't want to say a veteran quarterback because let's be honest, Deshaun Watson is still, I want to say, what, 25, maybe 26? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, him, him and Patrick Mahomes, I think, are the same age. They, yeah, they were in the same draft. Yeah, but so I think when it comes down to it, you need a foundation for a veteran to be able to get a veteran quarterback and be able to succeed. Because you're mm-hmm. sacrificing the future because you're going to have to give up draft picks, valuable draft picks, in order to make a trade like that happen. So I don't think it's a good move for the Dolphins. I'm hoping they know that and think they know that. So, therefore, I think two is going to stay put. Yeah, I, I just – I believe that, you know, I genuinely believe that the that they're going to panic and they're going to end up trading two or two by lower. I, I really feel that way. Um, and it's a shame because – and honestly, I'll be honest – I think it'd be for the best for Tua because now you can go to a fan base that will appreciate you. Because the thing is, is if you go outside of Miami, people like Tua and think that he has he has good potential. It's in Miami where all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, he's horrible. And it's like, okay, yeah, what you want? You want Jay Cutler back? Like you guys saw how crazy you guys look with Jacoby Brissett. Don't sit there and tell me all of a sudden you want to ride with Jacoby. And I like Jacoby and all. He's a solid backup. That's all he is. And it's like, I really do feel like if you get Tua out of there, you know, put him in an organization, like, not really an organization, but a fan base actually wants him. You know, the kid is, the kid is out here putting up, like, like you said, three, over 300 yards, four touchdowns. He threw one pick and they're saying, oh, he cost us the game. And now it's like, wait, time out. So you don't want to talk about how the defense, you know, soldier, you don't want to talk about like, that Tua was keeping them in the game, and now all of a sudden, because of that one pick, he sold you. Like it, to me, it's 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 weird. And I'm, I mean, me hoping I hope Tua goes somewhere else. I really do. Um, maybe because I, I remember with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, they did say that Tua, if the trade went through, Tua would have ended up in Washington. And I, I think, think that would be it, a cool fit. Terry, Terry, stop playing with me. Well, yo, they got Scary Terry. They got um, Curtis Samuel. They mm-hmm. also got a decent run game, but most importantly, they got a they got a good head coach. I think Brian Flores is a good head coach. Oh but yeah, yeah. They got they got Ron Rivera up there, 
And also, too, they got a solid offensive line. Which yes, is they do, which is crucial. It, that, that matters. It does matter. So yeah. I think that'd be a good fit for him. But for the reasons I said before, I think two is staying. All right. That man, porn star Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's funny. We call him porn star. He's probably still a virgin. Um, wait, wait. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm a mess. Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I think you and I are going to agree on this. Is he staying or is he going? I think he's out. I don't. I don't really know where because I don't know. I. I think, at, when it's all said and done, he's not going to be on the Niners next year. And if he is, it won't be for long. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is I don't think there's going to be a team that's willing to trade for him because of the contract that he has. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to come down to the Niners cutting him, and him signing with a team, maybe. It's hard, man. It's hard to think of a team that would take a chance on Jimmy. It would have to be a team like like the Texans or a team like the like the Broncos if uh Bridgewater's gone or you know I mean a team that's like pretty desperate for a quarterback to be able to make a move for Jimmy and, and a team that has money as well. But you're not going to see any win now teams getting Jimmy Garoppolo unless it's for a backup role and it's right. You're not going to see even guys that are uh, teams that have young quarterbacks. Like you're not going to see the Jaguars going after Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not, not going to see the, you're not going to see the Jets going after Jimmy. Yep. You're not going to see the Patriots. Or the, you're not going to see the uh, yeah. You're not going to see the Bears. There's there's really only a few teams. A team that might come to mind is maybe the Saints. And that's if that's if they don't decide to bring Jameis Winston back for next year. Mm-hmm. It's just it's tough. There's no there's no real market for him. You know what I mean? Because it I don't know. It just doesn't fit. So I can't really think. I definitely think he's going to be gone, but I just don't know where and I don't know how. Yeah. So I, I believe it or not, I think he stays. I think what I think what's going to happen is he's just kind of how how we thought Ben Roethlisberger will stay to be the bridge guy. I think they'll keep Jimmy for one more year to buy Trey Lance a little bit of time. I think this year was that bridge year, though. I, but I don't think so because, I look, man, I don't, to me, Trey Lance still does not look ready. I, I think he probably does well, need another year. I don't know if he needs another year. I think when you – I mean, there's a lot of season left. There's a still other half of the season left this year. You can oh. have the whole offseason, all of next year's training camp, mm-hmm. and then – I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't – I don't see it. And they can get Jimmy G off the books. They're they're a team that's trying to win now. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. they moved up to get that number three pick yeah. because they think all they needed was a young, really talented quarterback to be able to get them to the promised land. And I think Trey Lance is the guy. I really do. I think Trey Lance is a super talented and capable young quarterback. I do think he needs time, but I don't think he needs that much time. And yeah, I don't, is if Jimmy G comes off the books, you got money to spend. There's going to be some dead money. I don't know the exact workings of his deal, how much was guaranteed, but this is his, I believe this is his third year on that contract. And most of the times, I mean, he's making 30 million per year. I want to say it was a four or a five year deal. So <laughs> the dead money is going to be limited. Yeah. So they're going to have I mean, money to spend because they got extensions coming up. Uh, with Nick Bosa, 
And mm-hmm. they also they need they need secondary help pretty bad. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. If they release him this year, the dead cap is going to be twenty six million nine hundred dollars. By the way, I'm, I'm doing all this um, uh, over uh, Spotrack because when it comes to contract, them dudes know how to break it down. So that way, an idiot like me can actually understand it. Mm-hmm. But and, if they release next year, huh? Next year, only one point four. They're cutting them. Next year, pro- you think so? Probably. 100%. I mean, honestly, save, I don't think, think so. They're going to save $28 million. You're going to pay You're gonna pay $30 million for a bridge guy? If they really want a bridge guy, they're going to be the last ball. year of the contract. But this is, this is again, I, I see where you're coming from. and You know what I mean? Like I, I do get your point. You know what I mean? Like, But my whole thing is, I, the way I'm looking at it, so he's got this year. Next year is the last deal on his contract, right? So the debt cap is only going to be 1.4. Um, next year's cap is going to be 27 uh, mil overall. The way I'm looking at this is I understand if you're looking based on the contract, it's not really going to be good. But if you really think about it, I would rather have him here for one more year than let him walk rather than try to trade. Because like you said, if they try to trade him, Sure, you're gonna get the money off the books, but at the same time, there's really no guarantee anyone's gonna take it because next year he's making his base salary is 24, 24 million, uh, 24.2 to be exact. Like that's his base, and like you said, I mean the only teams I can think there's only two teams right now or three teams right now that I believe will try to make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the Vikings because I'm pretty sure they're getting sick and tired of Kirk Cousins. Oh my god! And you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be. I mean, again, maybe I'm bugging, but I feel like they would be in the conversation because uh, for a couple years now they've been thinking about Kirk Cousins not being that guy. Moving on to a younger guy, maybe another team, like you say, Houston. (laughs) It's still younger. Just real quick on that point, it might be it might be a couple years younger, but Jimmy Garoppolo is he's pretty much at his peak. You know what you're getting with Jimmy G. And you know, right. what and your Kirk Cousins, and you, and the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Kirk Cousins is an above-average quarterback, not by. And much. I understand that, but at the same time, above-average quarterback, it hasn't really helped them come postseason, which is what Minnesota is trying to think about. You know what I mean? Like I when they gave was a Kirk Cousins though, and Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy because Kirk Cousins can give. Kirk Cousins can throw a sixty-yard touchdown to Justin Jefferson. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo cannot. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. Uh, not really. He he does not he does not have he does not have a great deep ball. There's a reason that they all Jimmy Garoppolo has been in his career so far as a game manager, and he hasn't what? even. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has made some big plays. He's made some game winning drives. He's a solidified quarterback in this league, and you do not go after a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo when you have Kirk Cousins. In the Viking scenario, they're going to look for a younger quarterback. Or they're either going to tear it down and start new with a young quarterback, or they're going to fire their head coach, get a new guy in there, and then try and rebuild some of that team. Because they need they need help on their O line, they need help help on their D line, they need help. Mm-hmm. They got a few spots in their team they need help in, but quarterback is not the position they need help in. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, the way I'm looking at it, I I, I believe they're going to be a team that's going to be in the conversation for Jimmy G because you know if you can get him restructure the contract, you know, because again, most of the places he's going to go to, he's going to be a backup, right? And you have Jimmy G as a backup case, okay, something happens, Kirk Cousins, 
I think you'll be fine. Even if they want to get rid of him, it is what it is. Um, maybe the Saints, but at the same time, I don't think I, I think the Saints are honestly one of the furthest teams away because why get Jimmy G when you have a guy like Jameis Winston who's kind of really fitting in his role? And the only thing you really need to do is you know week by week kind of un un you know unscrew the lid to let him play a little bit. And you just got to let Jameis Winston play on a leash. If he plays on a leash, he'll be fine. And Sean Payton has been keeping him on that leash. The only thing with Jameis Winston is he's a free agent after the season. So right. that's the only reason I bring up a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. But what I'm saying is they, they potentially could say, you know what, we like what you did. And they can give him either a one-year deal to try to reprove himself. Or they'll probably give him like, you know, a, I would probably say a two, three year deal, something like that. Probably like because what they've been doing is because they've been saying they would take some help. They gave him an extension, but the last years of that extension is voidable. You know what I mean? So they'll probably do the same thing with Jameis or not really voidable. It'll be like a team option where they could pick him up for that last year. You know what I mean? Which is what I would do. Um, and then, I mean, the only team he could really be a starter on frankly, right now, would be the Texans, a team that, yeah. frankly, just doesn't really care. You know what I mean? But everywhere else, he's kind of – he would be a backup. But the problem, again, base salary, 24.2, signing bonus of 1.4. And every time – you know, the, the roster um, the roster bonus, $800 million. So it's like there's hey, wait, a lot wait, of wait, – What, you said $800 million? Oh, that's the that, – uh, yeah, um, it's $800 million. Which, again – Eight hundred thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, eight hundred thousand. Why did I say million, bro? Woo, I'm bugging. Yeah, no, eight hundred thousand. And then the workouts. I guess every time he makes the workouts, like six hundred thousand. Um, but if you look at it in totality, it's it's like over twenty five uh twenty five mil, and to pay that for a backup, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And that is why he will get cut. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's um, it's a possibility. It's. I'm close to 90% sure he'll get cut. Cause even if, even if they want, even if the Niners want Jimmy G back for another year, they'll cut him and sign him on a different deal. Cause there's no, there's no way that they're going to want to keep him on a $25 million contract just to potentially be, just to maybe be a backup or to, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like I said, maybe be around for another season. That's a that that's expensive, and there's no reason to pay it because they don't have to. Right, but at the same time, right now he's a much better option, and I, I will say he's a way better option than Trey Lance right now. I wouldn't say I, way better. I, 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 I personally, I think he's way better right now, and I like I said, I I believe he's that Trey Lance might need an extra year. I mean, teach their own. That's fine, but I believe Trey Lance is going to need an extra year, and if you have a guy like Jimmy, you know, just you know, you know, steady the boat and, you know, keep it fine. You know what I mean? And again, not, not to say, again, I'm not trying to say Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a difference maker. You know, I don't want that to be, you know, to make it seem like that. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I just feel like the, where Jimmy G is at right now, I think, uh, I think he'll be fine. You know, I, I think, I think he'll, cause again, this isn't, a, he can't really have an ego cause he doesn't have stats like that. So he's probably going to end up being a backup somewhere, and he'll probably just be like, okay, cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy who, you know, put up numbers and like that. So, but to his own, you know, I say he stays, you say he leaves. The last dude on this list, that man, Danny Dimes. Holla at me. Was, is he staying or is he going? I think he's staying. And the reason I think he's staying is because I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones, but he's shown more, uh, 
he's been better this year. You know what I mean? He has mm -hmm. he some difficult throws. He's a little bit less careless with the ball. He's he's making improvements, and I think that's all you can really look for. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I don't. I thought it was a terrible pick because I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to be. He wouldn't have gotten picked that high in the draft by anybody else. Yep. And they had another first round pick that year. They could have gotten Josh Allen, like defensive end Josh Allen and Daniel mm -hmm. Jones. But instead they got Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence, which Dexter Lawrence is solid. But regardless, things could have went different and it could have looked right. a lot better for the Giants. Um, I just I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he can be anything more than an average quarterback in the NFL. And even then, it, it's he's still not really there yet. He's still in that bottom tier. But mm -hmm. I don't think he's as atrocious and as much of a liability as he was in year one and year two. So for that reason, they're going to take the improvement, take it as a win, and uh, keep him in that Giants uniform because it's going to take a lot for them to be able to get another quarterback. And this next year's quarterback class, because mm – -hmm. The Giants aren't going to be a team that's going to go out and try and get that Aaron Rodgers or that right. Watson or that huge quarterback name. The only other way, the only way they'd move on for Daniel Jones is if they love a quarterback in this year's draft class and they can get him. And I don't yep. think that's really the case. There isn't like I'm a huge Matt Coral guy, but I don't think um I don't think it's worth it to them right mm -hmm. now there's going to be better quarterbacks in the future. And if they're still re if they're still that bad, you just wait a little while and you, and you get your quarterback then. So for now, I think he stays in blue. Yeah, same. And honestly, the thing is, is I just feel like they need to make up their minds. The coaching, I believe, I think he's going to stay. And it really comes down to the coaching. They need to, this team is good. We just let them play. You know, you got to be risky. Stop being passive. They're, these guys are being like, and we shouldn't expect this from Jason Garrett because, you know, he's, how he has a job is beyond me. But it's really interesting to also see it from Joe Judge. When they're supposed to play aggressive, they play passive. And then when they play, they're supposed to play passive, they play aggressive. It's, it's this weird thing where they're going to have to eventually figure that out before they can get a proper evaluation on Daniel Jones, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if they're if they're putting him in a situation just constantly fail, then of course he's gonna fail. You know what I mean? Like, if you go put me out, and if you want to see my swimming ability, you're not gonna put a backpack full of cinder blocks on my back and throw me in there, and then I, while you're at it, put a chain and ball on my ankle and then tell me to swim. You're not gonna do that. You're gonna try to do. You're gonna be like, okay, let's see how you do. If you need oxygen, here's some scuba gear. Like, you're gonna you're gonna try to make it, you know, not as taxing on me. So. I think for me, I, I genuinely think he stays. And it. I think it's going to be because I'm trying to pull up his contract because I'm, I'm curious to see if it's this year or next year it's his last. So next year will be his last. Well, um, but he, has, he has a fifth-year option, though. Yeah, for um, I believe it's a team option. Yeah, with, yeah, all fifth-year options are team options in the NFL. Oh, yeah, because he's a rookie. I forgot he's a he – has, uh, yeah. He has next year guaranteed, and then the yep. year after that is the option. They got to make a decision on that fifth-year option at the beginning of next season, which I think right. they'll take the fifth-year option because It'll even be if they're not working out and they want to get rid of him, there's going to be trade value for him. Not right, 100%. Not yeah, yeah. Lot, but he's going to have some value. Yeah, it'll have some because on top of that, it's not really going to – you know, because, again, the la um, his last year he's going to make uh, $4.1 And I think 
that's the ballpark that he's going to make on that fifth year option. If that's, you know, it, it won't be anything astronomical, you know, kind of where Jimmy Garoppolo, where if you take Danny Dimes, you can either play him or have him as backup. It really won't, you know, it won't make too much of a difference. My thing is I'm with, I think they're going to keep him and then they're going to start, Um, they're going to, they're going to pick up his option because eventually it doesn't hurt to pick up the option and see how the guy plays that it really doesn't hurt. And like you said, if it doesn't work out, you still got some trade value for the guy. You know what I mean? They just they're just gonna have to find a backup so that way, and that's really what it comes down to. Whatever backup they have really isn't a better option right now over Danny Dimes. So it's kind of like, you know, unless they go and get somebody like or through the draft or something, it's kind of you know like they're, they they yeah. they kind of gotta they gotta roll with them. Yeah, and you gotta they invested they invested a lot in them. They invested a number six pick. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta, you gotta let it go. You gotta let it rock. You know what I mean? You gotta see where it goes. And the fact that he has shown improvement, I mean, like, it's not like the dude's dog shit. Right. Right. Of course, gotta, of course. You gotta, you gotta wait to see what happens, especially since he has shown size, signs of improvement and it can keep going. I mean, it seems like a lot of people in the giants camp, like a lot of players that he plays with say that he's one of the hardest working dudes in the organization, which is a good sign. It seemed like guys have respect for him. Right. It's not like you're hearing guys saying like, oh, my God, get this dude out of here. So I, I think he stays. But um, yeah. that that's it with the names. Right. Yep. That's it. That's I want to throw a couple at you. And just Ooh, let, me hear. You let me hear. Jared Goff. I think he's tough. One. I think he stays for one more year. Because I, I think I think they're gonna I think that Detroit is in a place where they're gonna reach for um, a quarterback in the draft, and they're probably just gonna you know keep him in for that one year to be maybe a bridge guy or something like that, or maybe even he doesn't even finish the season. Like I could see a world where he kind of plays a few games, and then when they think that whatever rookie they get, you know, because um, there's gonna be a high pick, so it might be Spencer Rattler for all we know, but. Again, Hell, Spencer Rattler's Spencer Rattler's not going to go in the first round anymore. I, 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 there's I think, no chance, Spencer. I, listen, listen. Bench. We hold on. We said the same thing about Mitchell Trubisky and the same thing about Danny Dunn. And I say this all the time. Got, there's always a team willing to take a, a a reach to say we found that diamond in the rough. Logically, but, I agree with you. Logically. But again, there's always that those team like that one or two teams that reach and reach back. So that's why I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I think there's better options in the class than Spencer Rattler. Oh, I, even that, I even thought of that before he got benched and he looked like crap to start out the year. I was never high on Spencer Rattler by any means, but <laughs> I don't think I don't know if they invest in a quarterback in this year's class because they got so many holes to fill. I think they wait because they're going to, no matter what, they're going to be bad again next year. 100%. They're going to be really bad again next year, no matter oh, what yeah. they do. They're going to yep. get, they're uh, going to use their, if they end up getting the number one pick, they're going to use it on that defensive end out of Oregon because he's amazing. They, they, got that first, they got that first round pick from the Rams. Yes. Um, they can, they'll probably try and use that on another offensive lineman or, but basically they're going to be going for best player available with every pick that they have for the, for this draft. Cause they don't really have a position group right now. That's great. <laughs> they don't. 
They really I, don't. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, well, they, I, I do like they need they badly need receivers. They're straight at tight end with TJ Hawkinson. That, that's what I was about to say. I think the only place you don't need to really look is tight end with TJ Hawkinson. And but I mean that's not a lot to say either. TJ Hawkinson's very solid, but he's not he's not a top five tight end in football or anything. Who's your top five then? Top five tight ends? Yeah. Um, I'd probably say Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, mm-hmm. and then um, because I got Hawkinson in my five. It gets tough once you get to there. You could put Hawkinson up there. I'd probably I'm a little biased because Falcons, but I definitely want to throw Kyle Pitts into that mix. I don't know if I'd put him top five quite yet, but he's but in the, the conversation. I'll give you that. Hawkinson's in the conversation. I'm trying to think of some other guys. I just I just wanted to make sure you weren't just discounting Hawkinson. Period. As no, 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 no. he's he's up there. He's a very solid tight end, but he doesn't change. He doesn't change your franchise. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's there's true. a big drop off after those first three guys. No, nah, you're right. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, um, yeah, I, so, I, mean, I don't know. Me- I think he stays. I think he stays, but eventually gets cut. And I think they invest in the quarterback in next year's class, unless okay. they unless okay. they have a guy that they're really looking at. Um, but there's so much money that they're paying Jared Goff, so they're going right. to get rid of him as soon as they can with uh, as little damage to their future as possible. And again, I think you and I, we really we're, we have the same idea. Just the time frame is you know different, you know, because I think they're probably going to reach this year. You think they're just going to say "f it," we'll go next year. But I genuinely believe after they get it, Jared Goff is probably going to be there just for like a month or, or so. Just until they're, you know, they're they get their rookie confident, you know, with the with the receiving core and all that stuff and, and play calling all that stuff. And then after that, he's gonna get released. So okay. I got know, go I got one more name for you. And this one hits home. Uh-huh. All right. Matt Ryan. If you ask me this in the beginning of the season, I would say he's gone. You, the Falcons were not expected to have a good season at all. The fact that you guys are four and four, we're a shitty. I'll be the first one to tell you we are not as we might be the worst four and four team in football. And you can make that argument, but the fact that you guys are four and four, and you beat the Saints, who has a good defense, a great defense, that right there too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You're doing all this without Calvin Ridley. So imagine when he comes back. I I'm a, I'm gonna put it to you this way. I think they sit down. I'm Matt Ryan is gonna have a conversation with Calvin Ridley and say, "Hey, bro, how you feeling? Do you think you'll be back next year?" If he says yes, I think Matt Ryan gives it one more go. I yeah. really do. And I think while they do that, um, because remember they didn't draft the quarterback. Oh, I remember. <laughs> so. Which kind of blew my mind because I thought they were gonna get a QB. They ended up getting Kyle Pitts. Yeah, <laughs> I like that hat. But I think what's gonna end up happening this year, maybe, um, or maybe they look around and try to find another guy or something like that. But I genuinely believe next year is gonna be Matt Ryan's last year. Um, you know, I I, I do think he stays, um, especially if if you guys just have some solid record. You know, like. If you guys had go like, I can't say eight and eight, but if you guys go like eight and nine or something like that, I think Matt Ryan's gonna be like, hold on, we were supposed to have even a worse season. Well, and we did this. 
Well, listen, I think think the only way Matt Ryan leaves is if the organization wants to go in another direction. And they they tell him we don't want you. Matt Ryan has made it very clear, and I think he's being true in saying this, that he wants to stay in Atlanta for the rest of his career because he's been there for his whole career. He was a high draft pick. You know what I mean? He's He's been that guy for a long time. And he's also, in my eyes, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks to ever do it. I mean, this guy, like, he's an, he was an MVP in 2016. He's been an all-pro. He's been a Pro Bowl guy many years. Like, he's he's a great quarterback. You know what I mean? And I'm not going great. I'm not going great. He's a great, he's a great quarterback. He's better than – he. there was, there was a – I don't want to say a very long stretch – but there was definitely a stretch in time when he was a top five quarterback undisputedly. Well, I, well, well, I'm, letting that, I'm letting that sink in. I, I'm because I'm, the thing is, I, if he I'm wasn't hoping. top five, he was fringe top five, which still means he's a great quarterback. I, I wouldn't I'm say, hungry. I wouldn't say, well, no, I'll I'll say this: yeah, there's yeah. a difference between great and elite. I think he's a right. great. I no, think 100%, a great but there's also a difference between great, great and good. And he, he's a good quarterback. Good. That, no, he, no, no, he was a good quarterback who had one great year in his NF and his and his don't MVP. Say one great year. That's bullshit. That's such how? Bullshit. That's Bro, such, he had one. Look at the on. numbers, man. Look at the numbers. Uh, who are we talking about? Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. That's how you know. That's how you know he's irrelevant. When you, you you have a conversation about him. Kind of completely forget about him. This like again. He's a good. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Right? right now. I'm pulling him up right now. I'm pulling him up right now. I'm pulling him up right now. Uh, oh, no, that okay. So he he's he's got good completion percentages. I like that. Never threw over five thousand yards in his career. He Wait, got just under five thousand yards in one season. No, I see. He's never thrown over five thousand yards. I know, but he got he was literally fifty yards short in one season. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, and and uh, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that his MVP year? That was his MVP year, and his right, that was his MVP year where he was just under. Yeah, he only yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I have it right here. I'll tell you exactly how much it was. He had the closest he was was um four thousand nine hundred forty four yards. Yep. Which, right? Um, his touchdown percentage seven point one, which is great. I'm giving him that. Uh, his completion percentage is 69, 69.9, almost 70%, which is great. I'm giving that to him. 38 touchdowns. That's great. I'm giving it to him. Notice how all that is in one year. The year before that, he was at 66.3, which is good. 4,500 yards, good. 21 TDs, good. His touchdown percentage is 3.4, which is good. And let's see. the. Uh, I'm trying to find it. No, that, I'm trying to go back. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, his completion percentage, 66. Again, I'm looking at it right now, and it's like, look, that was his best year. His MVP year was a great year, and I'm not going to take that from him. I wouldn't say that. That was an elite year. And, okay, if you want to call it elite, that's fine. I have no problem saying that. because if, if, if you were an MVP, you had an elite year. And, okay, if, if and I, won't, I have no problem arguing. If you want to say an elite year. That's fine. I'll agree. But my thing is that one year does not make him an elite quarterback. That's just my thing. I did not say he was a great quarterback. One elite year doesn't make you a great quarterback. I don't think the one year makes him a great quarterback. I think his whole career makes him a great quarterback. 
I promise we'll, we'll talk about this. I promise. But we'll, we'll talk uh, about this. Basically, my point in all of this is I still think Matt Ryan is a well above average quarterback. I think he's a top I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Fuck me. Fuck me. He's at the Excuse end of the friend. top 10, but he's a top 10 quarterback. The Falcons would not be if you watch I watch every Falcons game. Yeah, of course. You're a Falcons fan. Of course, of course. This dude has been able to do some things that not a lot of quarterbacks in the league can do. We have the Falcons have the thinnest roster in the NFL. One of them, one of the thinnest rosters in the NFL. I without promise Matt, you. Without, all I'm saying is without Matt Ryan, we're no better than two and six. Look, all I'm saying, this is all I'm saying. Probably one and seven. If you want to make that argument, I mean, I'm not. Look, I'm not. Hold on. Let me. Because a, a couple of the games that you guys had lost. Let me double check. I just want to look at the records. So, because a, a few of the games you guys had lost. So, yeah. There's a few games that we so, lost that he didn't play great in, but a lot of it had to do with play calling. Right. And on top of that, and like. It was like the game against Washington. Calvin Ridley dropped five deep balls that would have been for for 25 yards or more. Right. And, yeah. and, and then when you guys lost to the Panthers, that still was a, that was a close one. Like two weeks ago, it was nineteen or thirteen. So, look, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is this: he's a good quarterback. I'll but, say this and we'll end it. He's a good quarterback. He had an elite year, but I just don't. I personally don't feel like having one one MVP year kind of supersedes you when you've had nothing else but good years. You know that that that's all I'm saying. You know, but if if you, I promise, if you want to go more in depth. Next Wednesday, I promise you we'll talk about it. And yeah, what we do, fine. I will mention the greatest quarterback to ever gain Scott Green's earth. Say with me, ladies and gentlemen, just to piss Chris off. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. We came to – bro, didn't you guys have us down the Super Bowl? Okay. I, I just want to throw that out there. I'm just being, I'm just being upset. Follow us on Twitter at Fightful Take. Um, we, we put up uh, updates um, – and news regarding the league. And we also, I love trolling people. Catch on Facebook at Prideful Tech. Oh, you're steaming. You wish we had, you wish I said this earlier, bro. You was, oh, you steaming. Catch on Facebook at Prideful Take. Not only do we put up content up there, but we also go live on Facebook. If you don't have a Facebook, follow us on YouTube at Prideful Takes. Visit our website, www.pridefultakes.com. Not only is every episode of the podcast up there, but also original articles. Check us out on Spotify and now Apple Podcasts, Prideful Takes Podcast. Chris, it's been real, bro. I appreciate you being here. Come on. Well, let's go. Look, man, look. I don't Why do you hate Tom Brady so much? It's because he wins. I get it. I get it. If only you had – if you – if only you had the perspective to understand that he's not who everyone says he is. But <gasps> We'll have that conversation. We we'll have that conversation. Yeah, we'll have that conversation. But I'm, it's your boy Pride on behalf of Chris. we see you guys in the next one. Be safe. Knew where that was going. That was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. They handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. To to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Did several of those inside low kicks.